1: Hey guys, welcome to this very fun episode of TFL Talk, because what are we talking about today, Tommy? We're talking about the top 10 cool cars no one actually bought last year. Yeah, and as a bonus, we're going to do the uh, top three cool cars that people actually did buy, Uh, and of course, we're not going to be talking about just why people didn't buy these cool cars, but we're going to talk about why they didn't buy or why we think they didn't buy them. That's right, yeah,
2: absolutely, and we're going down the list... um, And it's some interesting uh, vehicles on this list,
1: Uh, a lot of uh, that you'd expect and some that you would have no idea. Yeah, this list was uh, originally on Gear Patrol, and we've added a few of our own cars because, well, we know what cars aren't selling and which cars are selling so uh, let's cut to the open and let's get right to it congratulations you have now tuned into tfl talk where we discuss everything automotive whether it's cars or trucks this is the one place where you can be sure to get independent and honest reviews let's get back to the show right now all right tommy number 10 on our list is a porsche believe it or not it is the panamera
2: so it's the Four-door luxury sedan hatchback thing. And how many did they sell in 2020? 3,447. That's not a lot. It isn't a lot, and I have a theory why. I
1: I think Ford sells that many F-150s
2: a day. Yeah, I think (laughs) you're absolutely right. Now, the Panamera is a super cool car. Yep. It's a little weird to look at. Yep. But the reason it doesn't sell, I think, is pretty simple. It's four doors? No, it's not that it's four doors. It's why would you get a Panamera over a Cayenne?
1: Uh yeah yeah that's a good point I mean with the Cayenne you're gonna get pretty much the same power plant right you're gonna get uh, a lot more utility yep uh, and you're gonna get um, just uh, more everything I think more more height so you can see over other cars I think you're actually gonna be get a car that is certainly much more in vogue uh, than. Um, a Panamera is right now. But the Panamera is kind of cool in that, you know, you don't see a lot of them. Cayennes, you, you can't drive down the road without, you know, seeing at least one of them. Personally, I would get the Panamera because
2: yeah. it's lower, it's more fun, it's a little bit quicker. It's super super fast as well, we should mention. But for the average consumer, if you can afford a Porsche, and you are super into Porsches. Maybe you already have the Boxster, the Cayman, or the 911 in the garage. If you want the family-oriented one,
1: there's not a lot of reasons why you would get the Panamera over a Cayenne or a Macan. Yeah, and the other thing about the Panamera is because it's a four-door, four you know, four-seater Porsche, uh, it does depreciate quite a bit. And I think people know that. And so it's hard to shell out, let's say, $150,000, which you can spend on the turbo, As uh, for a car that in a few years will be worth a lot less There's also uh, the other problem, Tommy And you know this, the Taycan Surprisingly, the all-electric Taycan did really well So they sold... 3,400 Panameras, yep. but over 4,000 of the all-electric supercar, which is pretty pretty hard to believe. 4,414 to be exact. And they're kind of similar. I mean, you know, they're both four, well, five doors if you count the back, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you put them next to each other, um, you know, the biggest difference is not styling because they're kind of both low-slung and, you know, kind of look a little bit like pregnant turtles in some ways. Uh, but, you know, one is electric and one has Porsche's traditional... Gasoline power plant. Uh, Which would you get if you had the choice? I think I would get the Ticon, but the Ticon is much more expensive. Yeah, Turbo S. Holy cow, those things are expensive. Almost 200k.
2: I want to say even the base one is much more expensive. I think you can get into a Panamera at the entry level one for somewhere around you know 70. Let's let's find out. I'm on the the website right now.
1: You can't. The Ticon, a base one, probably starts at over 100 and easily goes up to like 120. And by the way, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below, and I'd love to get your opinion, Tommy. What do you think of the fact that they're calling the Taycan uh, the Turbo S? I mean, there's no turbo, and there's <laughs> you know no internal combustion engine whatsoever, and yet they're using the same name as if it had it. It's a little confusing, if it, you ask me. It's crazy. Sylvie, so I got the numbers.
2: The okay. Panamera starts more than I thought, 87. Okay. Taycan starts at 103 yep. for the 4S. Uh, funny enough, if you get the um, Panamera E Hybrid, yeah. that one also starts at 103. So you can get uh, kind of the gasoline version or the electric version. Now, the one I would a lot want is the Sport Turismo. You know, the little station wagon. Yeah, I think that's a really cool
1: car. And Are you confused by the fact that the electric car is a Turbo S in its highest form?
2: No, that doesn't bug me so much. I think that it's um, something that you know us car enthusiasts are all up in arms about, but I think the average consumer has no idea. They don't care.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's uh, it's just uh, a little strange that like uh, you're you know getting a bigger battery, but it's called a turbo. Anyway, let's go to number nine right now. Um, and number nine is a car that I love, but that didn't sell very well. It's the Lexus LC. Right, thirteen hundred and twenty-five units.
2: So they sell this in both coupe and convertible form. Beautiful car. Oh, beautiful. The most stunning car for sale on the market. I agree with you. A choice of both um, gasoline and hybrid models. But they only sold just over 1,300 units. It is pricey. It starts at nearly $100,000. But you just can't get a better-looking car on the market.
1: Remember we had the convertible recently, uh, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. The other thing about that is because Toyota has so many tax, so many uh, credits from selling hybrids, they're one of the few car companies that can actually still sell a traditional V8, right? Everybody's gone to like uh, either a, a twin turbo V6 or a straight six or even a four cylinder turbo, but this one still has a proper V8. I think it puts out over 400 horsepower, uh, sounds phenomenal, uh, and you know it's going to be uh, bulletproof, and yet only, you know, 1300 units. I, I don't get it, dude. Well, I think Dodge has no problem selling traditional V8s. <laughs> All right, besides Dodge. But
2: I think part of the reason it doesn't sell is. So you know,
1: they spend a lot of money paying Tesla for their credits.
2: Yeah, so so many people buy these high-performance vehicles based on numbers they see on paper, and on paper the numbers aren't that impressive on the LC compared to something uh, more exotic in terms of zero to sixty, for example. But it is a, just a great car.
1: Yeah, uh, and. I think style-wise, it's probably my favorite car of the last 10 years. It's a car that, if you wanted to buy it and hold on to it, uh, it will be timeless. It will be sexy. It will be beautiful, I think, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. People will be lusting after them, and they'll be selling for big bucks at the auction sites. Uh, And yet, uh, right now, they're not selling.
2: They are not as dynamic to drive as um, some of... It's a Grand Tour.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not quite as fun to drive as, like, the F-Type. And and it, it, it sounds better... Then it goes. You know, it sounds really powerful, but, uh, you know, it doesn't throw you back into the seed like even a Model 3 might. No,
2: absolutely not. It's well, Let's see if I can figure out the specs here on the website. I want to get the exact number. So the LC500 is 0 to 60 in 4.4. 4. And then let's look at the hybrid. The hybrid is e- e- a little bit slower, I believe, although it does have this... Really interesting. It's like a combination of a four speed automatic and then the Atkins Cycle V6, and it's got this weird augmented sound that makes it sound like an F1 car.
1: Just get the convertible. Just forget all that. Just go for the convertible. uh, Take your most significant friend along, uh, be that human or canine, and go down PCH1 with the wind in your hair, the sun in your face, uh, knowing that you are driving the most beautiful car in the world right now, I think, up and down PCH1. I would not get the convertible. Why not? I don't like the convertible as much. Really?
2: Yeah, I think with the coupe, you get this really kind of sweeping curve around the... uh the, the B-pillar and the C-pillar, and I just think that looks better.
1: There you go. Um, all right, let's go to number eight. That's another car that I actually love uh, and would love to own. Uh, actually, we owned one of these, uh, the first gen. So what is it, Tommy? The Audi TT. How many did they sell last year? Yeah, not many at all. Uh, and so some of these cars on the list
2: are not selling many because they're being discontinued. Yes. The Audi TT is not being discontinued. Which and, is a surprise. Yeah, and they still only sold 830 of them last year.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, so the Audi TT is... Um, has been for a long time, kind of one of these cars that, you know, was born in Bauhaus styling. So, uh, the first generation, that's the one we recently had, uh, was just spectacular. There was more, um, stainless steel in that car that you could, than you could ever see in any other car on the road. Like, remember that little, uh, flap that, that, that goes over the radio that had Audi TT on it, all the bezels around the air vents. Just a spectacular car. Now, the current car has become a little less Bauhaus, you know, a little less round, a little bit more kind of, um, squared off uh, Purposeful And the one that I love uh, Which I would love to own actually Is the TTRS I
2: don't really understand the TT Okay I just I have never thought it was that good to look at I think they're Ridiculously expensive For the performance you get And I just I don't know I mean I don't understand Why you'd get this over like an RS3
1: Look here's the thing Okay the RS3 uh, And the TTRS of course Share that uh, Five cylinder uh, Angry Turbo power plant that sounds like a pissed off V eight, uh, but to me the uh, TTRS is like an affordable um, smart man uh, Audi R eight.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't look as good, and it's not as quick, and it's just not as exciting. I just I don't think the R the TT has the soul of a performance car. It doesn't have the comfort of a luxury car, and it doesn't have the looks of a grand
1: tour. Look, look back in the day, right? There was this like German arms race to create a really good roadster, right? And they first came out, and they were kind of lame, right? So, at least in terms of performance, right? The first uh, Audi TT, even if you got the top dog, was a little turbo. that put out like 250, 220 horsepower, I think. Then BMW came out with the Z3, which was also kind of lame at that time. And then uh, Mercedes had the SLK. Right. slk is gone. Well, sort of, more or less. More or less. The, Just discontinued, yeah. The BMW turned into the Z4. right. Uh, and the TTRS became the most focused, the most sporty, and the most track-worthy of, uh, of these three. Uh, and so I'm going to be really sad when it goes away because, obviously, at 830 units a year here in America, they can't maintain that. They just, just not make, doesn't make any sense. But why would you get the TTRS
2: over a Cayman? I mean, the
1: Cayman's a better driving car in every way. All-wheel drive.
2: Yeah, but it's it's got four inches of ground clearance. You're not going to be using all-wheel drive in so. Colorado
1: is pretty important.
2: And I think it might be a halidex system. It's not even like a. I don't care. It's all-wheel drive. Uh, it's not, it just does not interest me. I think uh, you, the could, TTRS, you could use it the
1: whole year. That's my point.
2: Yeah, the TTRS looks cooler, but it's uh, It All just right. doesn't do it for me. All right. Well, you know, we just talked about this car so what's number seven right well number seven is also in this world this is my dream car for a while right the audi r8 mm. so <laughs> in 2020 they sold 581 units think about that they only sold um, under 300 units more of the tt than the r8
1: that's how few tts they sold but let's talk about the r8 yeah, so once again, uh, you know, remember when we had the R8 and we had both of them? We had the uh, V10 and we had the v, uh, V8, right? Because the V10's out of the Lamborghini. But that was the... Um, first gen. First gen, or, yeah, this, yeah. this is the current gen. Um, uh, I just fell in love with that car. I, by far, guys, the first generation, and I haven't driven the new one, but the first generation with the manual was the quintessential manual vehicle you could ever, you know, there's that, um, cliche, you know, it has like a bolt action where it's so precise. It's like, click, click. That's what that manual transmission was like. Uh, driving it was just pure ecstasy. Uh, I've never driven a better manual in my life. And you know, the car, uh, styling wise is super sexy. It's all wheel drive. Uh, but, uh, I think they're having a hard time competing with like, uh, you know, the 911, because the 911 has all that kind of heritage behind it, whereas the R8 is pretty new. And I think the people who wanted them and who lusted after them and who had the money to afford them have bought them. And now there's not much of a lot. There's not a lot of people who now want them, apparently. Well, apparently not, because 581 units is not much.
2: I mean, the issue with the R8, Dad, is I think yeah. the first one really captivated people. Yeah. Because it looks like the most premium supercar in the world. It had this incredible look and it had right. good performance. Aluminum. But it was pretty affordable. This current... Pretty affordable. This current
1: R8, the latest... Oh, yeah, gen- as the supercar goes.
2: Yeah, but the latest generation... I'm looking at the website right now. The 21 starts at 143000 Yeah. Rear-wheel drive. Yeah, they added that. Yeah, and then the, the if you want the all-wheel drive, it starts at 196. And for 196, you're in like McLaren and entry-level Ferrari money, and it doesn't look quite as good as those. Maybe it performs as well, but it doesn't have the soul of like a of the badge, right? It doesn't have that McLaren
1: panache. So we just had the McLaren uh, Six, which one do we have? I forget. It wasn't the 720. It was the Six. Uh, so, um, so. 680, I think. Us, yes. man, Dad, this is not our world. <laughs> <laughs> we had the McLaren. I already forgot which which one we had. We've been in a number of McLarens. I think it was a 570. Oh, 570. Yeah, it was the 570, sir. So I've driven both the 570 and the 720, uh, and those are you know those are high-strung. Um, I'm going to say incredibly uh, agile, athletic cars that excel at you know, one thing, and that is going around a racetrack. Uh, And that's where they come to life. But uh, a McLaren on the road, oh my, there's a lot of compromises, Tommy. Uh, The thing is so low that you have to have, of course, the little lifter in the front so that every time you go over a curb, uh, you don't uh, damage it. You also, um, you know, pay a lot for those cars, and they do depreciate pretty quickly, whereas the uh, R8 is more of a kind of a, you know, better screwed together, uh, better... um, version of that car that you can use as an everyday vehicle. All right, Tommy, what's number six, please? Number six on the list is a car I don't think I've
2: ever seen in person. (laughs) Neither have I,
1: except for the auto shows.
2: Apparently, they still make it, though, because they sold 305 last year. It's the Kia K900. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's one of those cars that flies under the radar um, and is, you know, a huge understatement in terms of what it brings to the table. I think it's popular in Asia, uh, but here it just, uh, you know, doesn't work whether it was a K9 or a K900. Uh, The name is problematic, the segment is problematic, the car is great, but no one knows what it is.
2: The weird thing about the K900 is it's a very luxurious car meant to compete with Lexus and BMW Mercedes. However, (laughs) the Hyundai-Kia group already has a luxury brand, Genesis. You've got cars like the G80 and the G90. So why build the K900 and market it as a Kia and not as a Genesis? I will never
1: understand that, but it is a really good car. Yeah, it's like if you want um, a Lexus, but don't want to spend as much money for it but you want kind of the same creature comforts the same reliability you know the same uh um, kind of sense of effortlessly gliding through the world in a super luxurious and quiet car this is the one to get uh, except no one does we drove this car
2: a couple years back and it was a really it's a really nice car and uh, yeah, I just I have no idea why they build this under the Kia name. Why they really build this at all? It's just a, it's a
1: mystery to me. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Uh, and then I think at this point, um, the name is probably, you know, you have one chance to make a first impression.
2: What's wrong with K900?
3: Well,
1: it sounds you know K9, right? It's. Right. I mean in, the, in, do you want a car that in Korea I think it is called the canine, actually. Right, but I think in America that is an as a dog, right? Uh and I mean if you called it like a not, not not the species name or you know what I'm saying, but like a type of dog, like the bulldog, right? That'd be cool. Yeah, but, but a canine You can't uh, call a luxurious four door sedan the bulldog.
2: Uh how about the uh, Chihuahua? No, that's horrible. I think A900 is not necessarily a bad Standard name. Standard poodle? No. I think it is a phenomenally... <laughs> Labradoodle? I think it is a phenomenally... Oh, come on. I'm
1: just having fun with you. Don't, don't be so exasperated.
2: I think it's a phenomenally weird-looking car to begin with. And, um, yeah, I just I, I don't understand why this is still a thing. But they're still making it, although I don't know if there's a 21 model.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, three hundred and five units. Um, not really putting a big dent in the world. All right, number five, dude. What is it? Yeah, the uh, the Nissan GTR. Yeah, three hundred and four units. Uh, why they're still selling it, I don't know. Well, so <laughs> the GTR when it debuted. Um, in the
2: 1800s It was a, <laughs> a A great vehicle Because it was Affordable for the Performance you got But for some reason It just keeps getting More and more And more expensive So the 2021 GTR Starts at 113,000 And I think It goes well Into the 200s If you want Like the Nismo
1: Yeah I know uh, So when it first Came out Obviously everybody Was over the moon My whole Shtick with that one Is it should have been An Infinity. It shouldn't have been A Nissan Because what it did Was it made the Halo car in Nissan, not the traditional Halo car, which it's always been, which is the Z, but the, of course, now the GTR, which meant that the Z was relegated to just kind of. You know, ponder on with no updates. Uh, And I'm a huge Z guy, so I'm like, why didn't you just make it into an infinity? But you're right, the car, you know, at one point had uh, pretty much every record there was 0 to 60, and it just has become over time uh, old and long in the tooth, and it should have been updated a long time ago. And why they still sell it, and who's still buying it at these, you know, Incredible prices, I don't get
2: Yeah, the, the, the Nismo starts at 210000 It still uses a six-speed automatic, dual-clutch six-speed, by the way. And even though the performance is good and they have updated it a little bit over the years, it just needs a full new refresh and it needs a full new face and
1: a redesign. Yeah, I, you know, it's amazing that, like, the Corvette goes on for so long between generations, but I think that's because it's become iconic. The GTR, of course, is a skyline for a long time in Japan, so it also is iconic, but not iconic here, right? It's iconic in Japan. Uh, and yeah, uh, why they keep, Keep in mind Soldiering though. Soldiering on. Hand built engine. It's so cool.
2: They keep improving the Corvette, so they typically release a base model in the Z06 and
1: the zr one right.
2: The GTR hasn't really improved in so 10 made years. they like a Nismo
1: version. Right, but that's they just. Made like, they gave it like gold wheels, and, you know, yeah, you're right. I'm just joking. They, they, they need to do a lot more than that. Uh, uh, and, it's it, it, you know, every year that goes by and they don't improve it, I just kind of scratch my head and I'm like, guys. You've got this Halo car that drew so many customers into your showrooms and now it's just sitting probably at the back of the lot because, you know, the average Sentra buyer isn't thinking GTR. Okay, this is the absolutely absurd one. This is on
2: uh, this is not on the Gear Patrol list, yeah. but we added this one because it needs to be talked about. So obviously the GTR you can kind of make a case why it didn't sell it because it's right. old and it's very, very, very expensive. But this one should have sold and it just isn't, because it isn't that old and it's not in that ultra, ultra Exotic segment It's the Volvo V90 They sold 304 GTRs last year They sold 279 of the full-sized
1: Volvo wagons Yeah, probably far the sexiest wagon in the world at this point if this, Maybe the AMG your Mercedes, but this, no, I think this, it, sheer look-wise, this is a much better-looking car.
2: If this doesn't prove that Americans just don't buy station wagons, I don't know what does, because it is a really good car, and it's just, like you said, great to look at. Big, big car, and it's kind of the quintessential Volvo wagon, and it's just also un, under 300 uh, last year.
1: So we just had one at the office, the cross-country. That, oh, no, that, that, that was the 60. Oh, no, that was the That was the V60.
2: That oh, wasn't the 90? I yeah, was the it was 90. the little guy, I
1: think. Anyway, uh, we we had a Volvo wagon here, the cross country, which is cool. Uh, But I I, I was, after driving it, I walked away with two impressions, right? First, uh, really sexy, low slung, cool. Really great if you have an animal that can jump in the back super easily, right? We did that video, just how much uh, easier it is for an animal to get in the back. But when you're in the thing, you just feel like you're almost, you know, below ground. In Colorado, especially, which is home to every SUV and truck known to man, Sitting in a low-slung wagon just feels like you're always looking up at other people.
2: You can still get it in both front-wheel drive and all-wheel drive. There's also the sporty R design, which is definitely the one to get. But, yeah, it's got the under-kind-of-stated Swedish design. I would love a full-on R or Polestar like the old ones, but even still, I just have nothing really all that bad to say about the V90 except it's pretty expensive. I have
1: one other thing that I'm not, not all that hot about. When it first came out, they had this really cool infotainment system, right, that was Google-based. You could sweep left and right. It's just feeling really dated now. Uh, it needs to be redesigned, and it needs a little bit more updating. It just feels uh, like you know like yesterday's tech.
2: I can kind of understand that. Maybe. It's hard.
1: It went from, like, you know, cutting edge to yesterday's tech in, like, five years, which is hard to believe, but I feel that's what happened. And speaking of yesterday's tech, Tommy, what's number three?
2: Um, yes, it's one that is kind of also a shame. This is one that I think they they are discontinuing. Yep, for sure. It's the um, BMW i8 Coupe, and um, and then, of course, also the convertible. So they just sold 191 of these cars last year.
1: Yeah, um... I'm actually in the market for one. I want to get one for us because it started. It started out in 2014. By 2015, that's when they sold the most. I think in total they sold about six thousand of them in the U.S. uh, And they're becoming affordable. So you know, the new one started like 120. You can now pick one up for like 50k. I think it is drop dead gorgeous looking. It's a design that even because it was first introduced like in the early like eight nine years ago as a concept. Maybe even longer than that. And to this day, it looks fresh and current and really cool. It does have some downsides. Uh, you know, it, it only has a pretty small battery. You can go, like, 20 miles on electricity. Uh, it does have a three-cylinder engine. So combined, it puts out, what, is it like 350 horsepower? It's not a lot. Somewhere in that territory. Which, which back then was a lot, but today it's not. Well. The 060 0.60 or <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> well, in 2010, 350 was a, a serious
2: number. But it came out, the first model year was 2015. And in 2015, you could have gotten a Model S performance that would do 0 to 16 three seconds.
1: Right, but this was like BMWs kind of, in a way, um, you, you could have your cake and eat a two-car, right? You can have a performance car, and at the same time, it's going to get incredible fuel economy. And it did. Not not as good as the Tesla, but compared to the other German rivals, it did really well. But it wasn't that quick, and 4.5 is... Yeah, and it didn't get that good fuel economy. The issue is... It's, it's like just, 36 MPG on, on the three-cylinder um, um, mini engine.
2: It's got a when hor- the horrific, horrific identity crisis. Like, it's a gorgeous car, and then BMW decided, let's not make it that quick. But it's a GT. Yeah, but it, it looks like it should be a high-performance car. I mean, it needs to have like a sub-three-second 0-60 to 60 to match its looks. It should have been all electric. It should have been, you know, just insane specs. But what it was was a very expensive plug-in hybrid with a three-cylinder.
1: And I just don't think people so, understood that. So the guys who buy these are probably guys, you know, your, your generation isn't, well, they actually, some of the bloggers bought them. But for the most part, it's, you know, older guys who have got money. And when you get older, you know, getting and out of a car becomes a thing. And these things are really hard to get get in and out of. If you park too close, those gullwing doors don't open. You'll hit the car next to you. And then there's a huge sill, so you've got to kind of get in like a race car driver where you put your butt in first. And it's just a pain in the ass to get in and out of. But once you're in it, it's magnificent. I just don't understand why they spent hundreds of millions... To develop
2: a car from the ground up. Carbon fiber plastic? Yeah, but why Why didn't they put a, an engine out of a lawnmower in it? And why didn't they just make it all electric? Just get rid of the, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of understand why. It didn't you love sell. minis,
1: so don't call your mini engine a lawnmower. It is a lawnmower
2: engine, but the, uh. the car is the size of a lawnmower, so it's fine. This is a proper looking supercar. It should have supercar specs, and it was just pretty expensive, and I don't know. It, it didn't offer the same. Anyway, I'm looking for one.
1: I'm going to get one. I think they're gorgeous, and I think at 50k, it's a hell of a deal. They, uh, they are very good looking, but yeah. that
2: doesn't help you when a Model 3 <laughs>
1: long range goes zip and buy it. Yeah, but then I'll go zip and buy it when it's the supercharger and I'll feel good. Okay. All right. All right. What's number two, dude? This is another car I would love to buy, but they are crazy expensive.
2: This is another one with a horrific identity crisis. The BMW NSX. Uh, the Acura NSX. NSX. Try that again.
1: Yeah, that yeah. would certainly be an <laughs> identity crisis. 128 units. Uh, that's uh, usually, the NSX is usually the car that's discounted the most every month. Like, if you read the stories which cars are being discounted, I believe last year they, they had a $17,000 discount on Uh, the nsx so we should repeat that
2: number to make it clear 128 were sold last year and this unlike the i8 is not being discontinued this is going on for another model year
1: that's going to be another one that you should buy now and hold on to in 30 years from now it's got it's got all the recipes for a highly collectible car so it's a hybrid again right right but this one is actually quick yeah it's quick so this one is a high performance vehicle and yeah it also looks great i think it's a Really, just a beautiful looking car. I got to drive it both on the track and on the road uh, and uh, really enjoyed my time behind the wheel. Uh, you know, uh, th- There's so many issues with this car, right? The way it was rolled out, right? Remember, it, it was kind of being rolled out. Jay Leonard did this commercial when the Porsche uh, was being rolled out. There were three cars that were, and, oh, and the all electric Ferrari, right? And then this thing was delayed and delayed and delayed. And by the time it came out, like the moment had passed. We should say, not all electric. No,
2: it was the the Ferrari was the uh, Ferrari La Ferrari, right, right, right. And then you the also hybrid had, You also had the 918, which was a hybrid, right, yeah. and then the McLaren P1.
1: Right, and so this there's, was there, there's this time when all these supercars were hybrids.
2: Yes, and the NSX wasn't in that same level. It wasn't like a million dollars, right? Plus but it was car. like an
1: affordable version of that.
2: Yeah, it still is very expensive. Uh, it starts at 157. Yeah, so minus 17. My, you <laughs> what? That's
1: how much they discounted last year. Seven, Minus seventeen thousand. Oh, 17, really?
2: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's uh, it's a cool car. It just it's uh, once again, if people are going to buy a supercar, I think they want it to be a screaming loud V12 or V10. Or it's loud, a- dude. I think that engine puts out five hundred horsepower. Yes, but it's a V6. Yeah, yeah. Or make it all electric. So you you got to go one end or the other. Make it burn fo- fossils
1: or make it… It's got this crazy, like, hybrid drive line, right?
2: People so, don't understand that. So
1: the front wheels are electric, driven by electricity? The, the second driven,
2: you say hybrid, yeah.
1: people think Prius. doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's got 150 True million that. horsepower. If you say hybrid, people are going to think Prius. Um, you know, like I say, drove it on the road, drove it, you know. it's It's a really cool car. It's really well built. It's built in America, dude. Built in America, I believe in Ohio, on a special assembly plant. And the first NSX has become highly collectible, right? It's, I mean, NSX has always been uh, the supercar for the people. But at a hundred and, it's hard not to exactly say exactly supercar. Yeah, the, the first. Remember when the first NSX came out? They were like eighty k, which was still you know kind of affordable because you could get a Legend for like forty or fifty. Uh, but now the car is like double the price of any or triple the price of any other Honda out there. Uh, and it's hard to. You know, it's hard to justify that. So the number one car on our list yeah. is
2: another mid-engine car. This one is also going away, but it still was holding on for uh, 2020. It's the Alfa Romeo 4C. They sold
1: 99 of them. I was just watching this uh, Top Gear, like the the, the Dream Road Trip, uh, where Jeremy Clarkson loved the bejesus out of this car. Uh, I've gotten to drive it a couple times, uh, and uh, it's like it answers a question that no one ever asked, right? Do we need a competitor to the Lotus? Um a Siege, right? Is it a Siege or avora? Which one is it, the Lotus that competes with it? I, I, Dad, this is not my world. I do not know. <laughs> is, that, is it a Siege? Is <laughs> it the, well, a Siege
2: is nothing. That's no. nothing. No. I, no. Th- there was the X Siege with yeah. an X. Right. There's also the Evora... And then the old one was the Elise, uh, the Elise. Elise, that's it. Thank but you. That, it's a,
1: it's a, that's th- been dead for like... Right,
2: but that's the question
1: that this answers. Right. And the answer is apparently no.
2: Yeah, I just, I don't understand this, the the
1: whole very expensive but
2: also very slow kind of thing of the 4C. I I just... It's, it's just, it's
1: it, it uh, beautiful. It no, is. I think it's ugly. That's more French, isn't
2: it? I think the, the front end is... but It's spita- sexy. I think the front end is spectacularly ugly. I just It's got these weird bulging eyes. It does have these weird bulging eyes. It just doesn't eyes. work for me.
1: And it's not, it's not particularly quick, and it's not particularly...
2: 237 uh, horsepower. It is very light. Easy but to live with. The <laughs> other thing, too, is if you're going to make a pure driving car, yeah. it's got to be like a Miata and have a manual transmission. And this did not have the manual transmission. It had the
1: twin-clutch uh, thing. But yeah, it's just sixty-seven grand for a two-liter. I mean, it's a toy, right? It's a track-day car. Uh, you can't really take it across country because un- unless unless you're so minimalist that the only thing you need is a toothpaste and a toothbrush, right? Because nothing else will actually fit in it, um, including like your Starbucks. Uh, and, and that's just a lot of a lot of you know issues that, that make the car very hard to sell.
2: I would just get a Miata. It's going to be better made. It's got a manual transmission. Obviously, going to be slower and, and it's going to be less desirable. Fifty or years a down the road. Or a Boxster, yeah, just yeah. get a Boxster. Exactly. All right. So
1: next, let's talk about some bonuses. So, so wait, wait. So, so before you make fun of me, I'm sorry, Lotus, I, that I don't know your lineup backwards and forwards. And Tommy's, you know, sitting there acting very smart, but he's on the website. No, I looking, have no idea what Lotus car. On are. their website, looking up their their I'm, model line, I'm just so there's going an Exige. Now. Right. No. Yeah. There's no Exige.
2: No, there, no, there's no Exige. How do you pronounce it? That car doesn't exist anymore, Dad. It's dead. Yeah, okay,
1: but I'm saying that Lotus, right, right, right. So, so here are the cars. I'm on their website right now. What are the cars that they still sell? Avora, Avora, which I know, which is which, which is their, uh, you know, uh, Toyota-powered. Um, I don't know what you know why that thing exists, but go ahead. That's the end of the list. Just the Avora. Just the Evora. So that's all that's left of Lotus. Right.
2: Well, there's also the new Hypercar, which is coming which, up. Yeah, which
1: uh, James May just did a video Avigia on. Avia or the Avaya. I know. Just got, Just come up with a regular name, Lotus, please. So
2: there's the Evora. That starts at 95 right. and that is all they sell.
1: Okay. So, so in
2: the past, they've had the
1: Elise. Anyway, the Elise was the one that was like The
2: Exige, which right. was kind of similar to the Elise. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. Colin
1: I don't Chaplin know anything would be, else. Would be rolling over in his grave if he saw what's left of. I love British Lotus. cars.
2: I just, I, I don't understand. Never got
1: into the Lotus thing. Never was really my yeah, world. Just, I mean, they're, they're, their thing has always been super light. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go to the uh, bonus cars uh, that are cool that people actually bought. Tommy. So um, yeah,
2: when we say bought, we don't mean like F one hundred and fifty. No. Number one on our list is the Mercedes
1: SL, the big grand Tour We always count down. Number three on our list.
2: Well, it's listed as one. I know,
1: but it should be number three. That's well, that's that's wrong. It's number three on our list. is a Mercedes Benz SL. They actually sold how many units? Four hundred and thirty two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then they sold four hundred and seventy four
2: of its little brother, the SLC. That is going away. So the SLC is dead, but the SL is still being made. They sold over four hundred, and they both sold better than they did in twenty
1: nineteen. Wow, uh, that's still not a lot of units, though.
2: So. No, it's it's pretty far off of. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, if you want. Uh, if you want a really cool and super inexpensive uh, classic car, get yourself like a sell from two generations back. Um, the only issue is it's going to be very expensive to fix, but if you hold on to it long enough, it will appreciate, right? I mean, you can see that happening at the Pagodas now. You can see that happening as we move up. Uh, in in the classic Mercedes Benz timeline, they you, they will appreciate.
2: You are going to have to hold on to that car for, for a long time, so long, and spend a
1: lot reach. of money fixing it. Just don't
2: do it. I, I think <laughs> a if, lot of money fixing it. If you want an SL, get a new one with yeah. a warranty, or get a really old one from like the '60s, '70s, or '80s. Yeah, they're expensive, like Pagodas. <sighs> It was Not like 50000 thousand dollar cars now. No, but, but the next one, like the R I think one hundred seven was the internal yeah. code, the one I had. You can pick a good one of those up for ten yeah. like K. And
1: how much did you spend on it trying to get it? Well a fix? mine was
2: three grand. I bought the cheapest one I could and it was a disaster. Yeah, exactly. But just get a good one. You can get a good one for like fifteen twenty.
1: It's funny that car uh, is super expensive in Europe, uh, but super cheap here.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the Europeans
1: love them, we just don't value them.
2: Or maybe get an R one twenty nine because those are going to start appreciating soon as well. That's the eighties one. Mm. Uh, But the the this generation is pretty good. The previous one, the the one that you're recommending, eh. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of that under-engineered Mercedes era with the weird four-headlight thing. They did not do it for me, but... All right, so the next one, number two, right, if we're counting, this one is the what, Tommy? The
1: LFA. So the
2: Lexus LFA has been discontinued
1: for a long time now. So, so Haggerty just put that on its list of collectible cars. They sold three units. I don't think they actually sold three units. I think what happened was what ends up doing is dealers don't want to buy them, so they keep them in stock on stock right because I think it's for tax reasons or some other reason and they, they're holding on to them for themselves and then eventually I think over time they have to like actually title them and then they become sold but I don't think you could actually walk into a Lexus dealer and buy an LFA I disagree you think they're, you think people yes. are actually buy them Here, here's what happens yeah. here's my prediction right.
2: the dealers took hold of them yeah. they kept them like you said Yeah, and they've been appreciating. So, yeah. so they kind of took a dip.
1: And, and this dealers, was a year to get rid of them?
2: No, no. Yeah, dealers held, held on to them, and then they could just mark them up like crazy. I mean, it's a brand new, unsold LFA. Technically, they did sell them. I mean, these are not
1: used inventory. Right, right. These are three But uh, Maybe they sold them to like their relatives or their no, children or something. No, I disagree.
2: Something. I think that these are three cars that were probably parked prominently in the front of the, the dealership with like a $50,000 markup.
1: Fifty, probably more than that. well, let's
2: say a hundred thousand dollar markup, and the dealers did that so they didn't have to sell them, right? Yeah. And they they just liked having them there; they yeah. were pretty to look at. And then perhaps some super wealthy guy, maybe even in some place like the Middle East, came in there and said, "Hey, I want to buy that car." They said, "Yeah, you want to buy? It? It's 100K over a hundred k over sticker." And he said, "Here you go. Here's a hundred k over your asking price." And then they walked out the door with them, and that's how you get three units sold. Um, keep in mind too, are, are the number one car on our list is the Dodge Viper, which has also been discontinued. Last year, they sold four of them, brand new. Same story as the LFA. I think some Dodge dealers bought them. Uh, Maybe the owner wanted to keep them around. They didn't officially sell them. And then eventually, now uh, they sold them in 2020.
1: Uh, Yeah. Apparently, there's still one LFA left unsold somewhere. There's one out there that no, I guess people track these things that no one has yet bought. Uh, and the Viper, you know, the Viper um, got better as it got down. They figured it out, right? When it first came out, this is the current generation, not the previous generation, the newest generation. They tried to kind of out Ferrari, Ferrari, and people weren't having it. You know, you could not get it, unfortunately, with an automatic, and the guys who were buying them certainly wanted automatics. Uh, and then they finally turned it into a weapon, a track weapon, and they went and basically set track records around the world. Uh, around the country, actually. Uh, and then uh, by that point, of course, it was too late. The car was discontinued, and, um, yeah, they, they kind of figured it out after they stopped building it.
2: Part of the thing with the Viper, though, is the, <laughs> the Challenger and the Hellcats were getting so good, they were becoming better. And cheaper. And cheaper than the Viper. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily
1: in terms of handling. But I mean, the Viper only had, what, 600 horsepower, 640, if I remember. Right, out of some
2: V10. But uh, in terms of straight-line performance, yeah, the Hellcats are better. If you can get them to hook up. If you can get them to hook up. Yeah, but, okay, what about the Hellcat, like Durango
1: and Grand Cherokee? Those will hook up. All right, last question before we wrap this week's episode up, Tommy. Yep. Uh, out of the 10 cool cars no one actually bought, which would you buy? Probably none of
2: them. Oh, you got to pick one. <laughs> Honestly, I think there's a reason that most of these aren't selling. I would choose the V90. I think the Volvo V90 is a great car. Um, I've never driven a Panamera, uh, at least any of the ones in recent years, so maybe that's great, too, but... Um, I think the V90 is the one. The Lexus LC is also a phenomenal car, but
1: uh, it's just a little slow. Right, I'm going to give you a bunch of answers for mine. If okay. I wanted the best-looking car, I'd get the Lexus. Yep. If I wanted uh, the one that I think is a bargain, I'm talking about used, I'd get the BMW. Yep. I think that's a bargain. If I wanted to get one that speaks to my heart, you know, the passion in my heart, I'd get the NSX. And if I wanted to get one that kind of speaks to all that, I'd get the TT. There you go.
2: If you wanted to get one that speaks to all well, that very heart, poorly, my, get the TT. Yeah.
1: My, my, that's, you know, the I don't beauty. understand. Why
2: do you like the TT so much? I mean, it's not that. It's it's basically. I, I don't want to say this because someone's going to be like, no, it's not. But it's still related to the Golf, the Volkswagen Golf. It is uh, still front wheel drive bias. It's redonkulously expensive for the performance. It looks okay. The bargain,
1: all right. Is it a convertible? No, they, it's only coupe now. You and just said you hated the coupe in the Lexus. Yeah. I mean, you hated the convertible. I you would, wanted the coupe. I would get the coupe Lexus.
2: But if you're going to get a bad car like a TT, at least have your, your hair in the wind, you know? That's uh, what I'm saying. It's not a bad car. Stop
1: it. It's a cool it's, car.
2: It's a bad car for what it costs.
1: All right, guys. There you have it. Let us know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, which one uh, would you get? Uh, and uh, remember, check out TFL Car, TFL Truck, TFL Now, TFL Off-Road. Uh, we've got some really cool videos coming up, especially with our new uh, TRX. Right. Over at TFL oh, Truck. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining us for this episode of uh, TFL Talk. Yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Ciao.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.